Hey there, water coolians. Welcome back to another episode of Water Cooler Talk. Today, we are joined by another good friend of the program for his third appearance, Ryan Beal. His other two episodes, Wedding Stress and Dolphin Sex, uh, they're, they're among the most popular episodes. So it seems like you all enjoy our conversations. So I'm excited to have him back on for a third time. What do I enjoy about my conversations on and off the podcast with Ryan are we have so many similar interests from what media we consume, video games, nature, Drew Brees, and New Orleans Saints, that each conversation is just fun. And that's why I wanted this episode to be about a fun, light conversation about strange and interesting things that have happened in our world. To today's episode, we finally cover what you've been asking about for weeks. Ryan and I discuss the multitudes of conspiracy theories surrounding the Netflix docuseries Tiger King. Did Carol Baskins kill her former husband? Where is his body? Is it Tiger Sashimi? And how, oh, how is OJ Simpson involved? Uh, there are going to be a handful of spoilers for those who have yet to see the show. So if you've been saving to watch it and don't want anything to be spoiled, skip to the around minute 21 time code voiced by my computer. Thank you, computer. In this episode, we also cover the future of AI technology in helping Hollywood streamline the decision-making process, and similar to Ryan's first episode discussing burger-flipping robots, if people should be worried about AI technology taking over the workforce. And finally, we dive into the world of video games and have a conversation about the changing landscape of the industry and how loot boxes, which are randomized loot that you can buy with real-world currency, is impacting our decision to support releases and their creators. So, ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, this is Water Cooler Talk episode 36 titled Tiger King with Ryan Beal. Enjoy! This is the story of a podcast that takes weird news from across the world. And while many of these stories may seem fake, they're absolutely not because they're real. Listeners are just jumping into our conversation, but me and Ryan connected and kind of got our what, what we're doing during quarantine uh, reconnected. And Ryan, you just moved. Did you bring Pepper Ann? Right? Yeah. Cat. Are you still? Do you still have Pepper Ann? Yeah, Pepper Ann is definitely here. She's my ride or die for sure. So she's coming with me everywhere I go. Yep, she's roaming around the floor right now. Uh, I could try to grab her, but she would not be cool with it. <laughs> um, I actually moved into uh, like it's a two bedroom apartment, pretty pretty small place, and there uh, my roommate had two cats already that were living here um when i brought her so there was a little bit of like a uh like a dominance thing going on and uh, like had to, had to find the the gang territory yeah so yeah they, it took <laughs> it took a few uh, probably like a couple weeks actually to get them to like really be comfortable around each other they would just kind of stare at each other a lot and not really want to uh interact but uh <laughs> now but one of them is this big boy cat harvey and pepper Ann and harvey are like in love with each other and they play with each other all the time and are always like wrestling and running around the house it's pretty adorable let's let's get into talking about some cats, yeah right <laughs> huh? i just this the listeners won't be able to notice this ryan i don't know if you can see but i got my special uh tiger oh nice yep socks. i see yeah <laughs> tiger i got socks. my tiger lucky tiger socks on for this story nice, yeah. um all right this is from the uh, Daily Mail UK. OJ Simpson has not a shred of doubt that Carol Baskins killed her husband. That's right, ladies and gentlemen, we are covering <laughs> Tiger King. Spoilers ahead if nobody has seen it yet. 
O.J. Simpson, the former football star and actor who may have, may have in uh, very small letters there, Ryan, killed his former wife Nicole Brown and her friend Ron Goldman, went to Twitter to post a series of videos commenting on the conspiracy that Carol Baskins, one of the now famous stars of Netflix hit documentary series Tiger King, may have killed her former husband Don Lewis. Uh, for those of you who don't know, Tiger King is a true crime documentary miniseries that tells the real-life story of zoo owner Joe Exotic and the small but deeply interconnected society of big cat conservationists like Carol Baskin's owner of Big Cat Rescue, whom Joe is now in prison for, for taking out a hit against. Uh, during the course of the seven-episode miniseries, I believe they added an additional eight-episode um, just recently, it was discovered that Carol Baskin's former multi-millionaire husband, Don Lewis, had gone missing. With the introduction of information that Don Lewis was looking to divorce Carol Baskin, and Joe Exotic accusing Carol Baskins of being responsible over the course of their multi-year feud, many watchers, including OJ, began to believe that Carol Baskin had in Indeed, fed her husband to one of their mini tigers. Dawn, who went missing in 1997, has never been found or a body discovered. In her defense, Carol Baskin told investigators following Don Lewis's appearance that he either fled to Costa Rica, uh, which was a popular travel destination for Don, or he had been thrown out of a plane over the Gulf of Mexico. Mm. The theory of Don Lewis being attached to flying away comes from the fact that his car was recovered at an airfield in Pasco County, Florida. Detectives claimed that no flight log had been prepped for the airfield, and there was no way one of Don Lewis's private planes could have held enough fuel to take him all the way to Costa Rica. It wasn't her excuse like that he like he he didn't really have a pilot's license, so he would do this like illegal stuff. Yeah, she yeah, she mentioned like he would often fly under the radar as he had lost his pilot license like a weekend. Right. Uh, OJ, who had binged the series in between games of golf, I, I guess he's playing golf during quarantine, stated, hey, Twitter world, yours truly. I just got back from the golf course where I actually played pretty well. Uh, now it's back at home, back to the couch and back to television. Listen, I've had so many people on my case asking me to watch some show called Tiger King. Well, yesterday I watched this show, and oh my God, is America in this bad a shape? I watched about six episodes of this show, and I couldn't even believe what I was looking at. White people, what's with you and wild animals? Leave them animals alone. <laughs> the show is crazy, but it's so crazy you kind of keep watching. One thing I will say, there's not a shred of doubt in my mind that that lady's husband is uh, Tiger Shushimi right now. I'm just saying <laughs> Take care, and I hope you find something better to watch. Ryan, based on the information available, based on what you know from watching Tiger King, do you believe Carol Baskin killed her former multimillionaire husband, Don Lewis, and fed him to her tigers? I, I think she did. I like to think that she would be the person to do that and like the the the, the plane crashing that that's something i could imagine but um it's just not as interesting as this lady feeding her husband to her tigers it's just so easy like you yeah the boyfriend that she has now it was definitely involved like he helped for sure i can i can see that like nobody that guy i don't know his name but he's like so submissive to her it's insane right yeah you don't just put a, a tiger pelt on and let it put a collar around your neck and then if she says like hey help me kill my husband then you say no like that doesn't happen like that guy was definitely down for whatever she she told him to do i like the fact that like carol baskin just seems like 
she has done something horrible in her life. That's like <laughs> she's got those I've seen dark stuff eyes. Like I've seen dark shit in my life. Yeah, and like as you're watching the series, you're like, this woman. Like if I met her in the street, I would I would want to stay away from her. I would, yeah, no, I would not want to interact. She'd freak me out. Um, she definitely seems like the type of person who would like out loud meow at you. Like in the middle of a conversation, like <laughs> if, if you ever came to any kind of argument, the, the defense would get to meows really quickly with her. And it's just like, uh, Carol, come on, keep it straight. <laughs> it, she'd, she'd like take on cat mannerisms right away. And it's just like, that's embarrassing. <laughs> I definitely, I definitely, I don't know. It's interesting because like, okay, so the theory is she fed her husband, Don Lewis, the multimillionaire, to... Um, her tigers to his and hers tigers right. because Don Lewis wanted to divorce her because she's I mean as you see throughout the series she's kind of like a little bit crazy right. and yeah. the theory is she ground him up at least from Joe Exotic's music video which by the way if you haven't seen it Joe Exotic is a musical artist so I've heard that he doesn't actually sing those songs he does not he doesn't no. write them like he's just in the music just videos, in the music videos right? it's all lip singing everyone else wrote it for him oh, but yeah. he has this one music video where he talks about Carol Baskins grinding up Don Lewis feeding him to the tigers or potentially burying him under the septic tank i don't know what are your thoughts on the theory about the septic tank i feel like it would just be so much easier to feed him to the tigers than to dig she doesn't seem like the type of person who is that much into like the mechanics of the job you know like if she's gonna kill somebody it's probably a better bet to i don't know anything about murder so i couldn't say what's a better way to hide a body (laughs) but i would think that a tiger is the more efficient way and definitely like the easiest less digging like uh, nobody wants to dig especially not carol and she's not gonna do it alone i don't i'm pretty sure tigers i'm pretty sure tigers can break down bone i don't know if you're i don't know if you're a tiger expert or not that's what i thought too is like their stomach acid could break down bone or something because this is just as just a little side thing i've been watching ozarks and in that they discover skeletons so i had to like google the best way to get rid of uh, like human bones because i was like come on you got to be smarter about this and the best way is like a hard corrosive acid right Right, like they did in Breaking Bad with the that bathtub in the second floor that the the acid like burnt through the bathtub and all this human. Yeah, room. so like you need like a corrosive acid, and I think I I'll have to double check this for the corrections, but I think tigers, especially big cats, have like a very corrosive stomach acid that can like dissolve bones. That's that's uh, I I feel like I've read that somewhere too. Do you think this was something that Carol Baskins planned out, or do you think it was an act of passion in the moment? Maybe Don Lewis is like standing by the tiger. She does a little push. She talks about later. I don't know what episode it was, but she talks about like oil, putting oil or something attracts. Well, wasn't it that uh, Joe Exotic had accused somebody of putting sardine oil on his boot? And that's why those that's why those tigers like tried to take his boot and he had to shoot. Yes, that's it. And then she was like, well, if you want to put if you want him to eat him, you don't use sardine oil. Sardine oil, they're just going to lick your feet. And then it's just like, wait, what? You know, you know a lot about how to get a tiger to eat yeah, somebody. That's right. See, that's that's a that's a good example. I just don't see her as somebody who wants to dig a hole or really plan it out too much. I would say, like, I think that it probably wasn't. It might have been like a crime of passion, as in that 
it happened all in one big moment, but I bet she's been thinking like, I'm going to kill this dude someday. If I do, I'm going to feed him to the lions. Like it was like right after the, the, the murder might've been a crime of passion, but the feeding to the lions afterwards was definitely like, okay, that's what I would have done anyways. You know, I just, that's, I, I see her feeding the cats. Cause she's a, uh, even if she's, it, it might be kind of fake, but she's like the, the cat, hero you know she's she does the big cat rescue so it's like she she would want to feed to the cat and like it'd be like a redemption thing i think you know it's like well you have to be caged up so now you could eat a human being yeah that's what i was thinking like it's definitely i feel like you know because from what the documentary talked about like when her family when don lewis's family was talking about it they were like you know he had been planning to divorce her for a while now i think like they were working on like a restraining order so there's like definitely something crazy going on in that household that yeah. she probably was like oh shoot i'm about to lose all this money wasn't she the young pretty girl that he married like wasn't he married to somebody else and then he met carol and was like swept away i guess ah, it, yeah it yeah, yeah like that's so right. long ago that i watched tiger king and this quarantine the days are it feels like years <laughs> i know it's been a while but that's the thing i feel like people when it comes to like money they just get like when somebody wins the lottery all your family members just come yeah. out of the woodwork and i feel like money like especially people who don't have never had money when they get money when they get millions of dollars of money like they definitely change and they try to do like whatever they can to kind of protect that just hold on to it yeah so i could definitely see carol being like i'm either gonna lose this money or i kill don lewis feed him to the tigers and i keep the yeah. money i got strong like money grubbing vibes from the family too like they were only in it for the money they, the only reason they were upset about losing their their like son and like ex-husband i think uh was like we didn't get any money from carol after he died and it's just like uh is that all you're worried about and like there's no way that oj doesn't have his own big cat at some point <laughs> in his life i feel like he definitely had some oh, big cat definitely. in his life and to come out and say uh that people should stop messing with big cats and it's just like i'm, I'm not disagreeing with you oj you definitely don't mess with big cats but i feel like you you're you pulled a tyson and had like a big cat at some point in your life you you've been infatuated with big cats you're rich or at least you we were of course yeah. i feel like that's like one of those things where like i read the tyson um autobiography and he was like that was like one of the coolest moments when i was able to get those tigers and i was like you know what I get it, man. If I had that much money, if I had no idea what to do with my money, like right now we're getting all this quarantine money, maybe we should just buy some tigers, right? Uh, yeah. I have no room for a tiger. I have three cats in here. I got to get a tiger. Damn. Well, I don't know if you heard Ugh. the new theory that Joseph Fritz, the lawyer of Don Lewis, talked about. He offered up a theory of his own in like hopes of keeping this investigation in the public eye and kind of bringing forth new information. Um, so speaking with People Magazine, Fritz's theory claims Don Lewis was strangled with an electric cord by an individual while another individual flew the plane over the Gulf of Mexico where Don Lewis's body was thrown from the plane. Um, however, Fritz obviously has no evidence to back his theory. What are your thoughts on Joseph Fritz, the lawyer of Don Lewis's theory? Where did he get all this, this whole story of the choking with the cord and everything? It's like, did, does he have a witness who told him this story and said, okay, this is how it started. Cause it's just like without a body, how could you say anything about a cord, you know? And like, that's right. Yeah. He has no evidence. 
Unless he did it. He did yeah, it. Yeah. I'm like, unless it was like, you have a very clear idea of what happened. I'm like, I, the only the only reason they say that he could have flown, they don't know he flew because there's no log of it or anything, that he could have flown is because that's where his car was. Like, that's, like, his car was left there. So, I don't know where he could get the cord idea. He knows way too much. There's got to be, <laughs> it's like, he's got to be, how would he have that kind of information? You can't just make that, like... Unless he's just pulling it out of nothing. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I would say look into the lawyer on why (laughs) he got this this information. As soon as he said it, he's like, oh, shoot. I said way too much. Yeah. It's just like, why a cord? Wow. I had not heard that before. That is wild. Well, I definitely like I could see I could see like like we talked about Carol Baskins and her new husband. uh, His name is slipping my mind because you would need two people to strangle him and then throw him from a plane. So you need one person to fly the plane, another person to push him out of the plane and strangle him. So maybe, maybe that fits there. Is this a theory that Carol was not involved at all? I mean, let's not lie to ourselves. She was involved. <laughs> she had to turn, at least turn the cheek, you know, not look as he, as he got kidnapped. Yeah, like there's <laughs> no way Don Lewis disappeared without Carol Baskins having some idea of what happened to him. Right. Do you remember Joe Exotic coming out in the public eye? I do, yeah, when he ran early. for... the 2016 election is when he first showed up. Yeah, like I mentioned this on another um, podcast podcast but okay so i was sent like it a few like weeks prior because you know i've worked with big cats and stuff like that and yep, yep. you always hear you always heard about joe exotic on all the message boards and what he was doing really? and i don't know if you remember a few years back I-, I can't remember where it was but like some guy released a bunch of his tigers and bears and stuff into the open and then he like killed himself and then like the police had to come in and shoot all these i think i remember that but because i watched tiger king I feel like it was a bit. Uh, they they show yeah, a bit. Yeah, they about, do. Um, I think they do mention it. Yeah, I think they mention it on Tiger King. Otherwise, that's the only uh, only recollection I have. Yeah, but it. I remember like when that happened. Like everyone was talking about all these like different zoos throughout like uh, the U.S. Like all these private zoos, and it wasn't until like you started hearing about Joe Exotic and all these different people. It's just an insane world just filled with like drugs and i mean as as we saw in the documentary like joe exotic turned two straight men gay because of meth <laughs> yeah isn't that crazy it's just it's just a crazy word a uh, world of like drugs and dangers and big cats and sex and it's just it's an insane world for like these as the documentary kind of talks about like originally they had a good idea but then all these influences come in and kind of sway that idea to like this power hungry drug fueled sex obsessed world yeah, it's like a weird like seedy underbelly of the animal rights activist world you know like if you care about animals and want to help and protect animals there are these sites that you get to be around these things but just uh are run by fucking real characters just in, in like insane people like i'm sure like the the girl who got her arm bit off like she probably was like i want to help people help these cats i want to be like really cared about these animals what was in an environment with this like psychopath who was obsessed with killing this woman well i guess i don't want to i don't want to say psychopath 
but he, uh, but it, yeah, just a real, real uh, interesting guy. The thing, the thing real... I've liked the most about like the reaction to the show is, you know, used to be on dating apps and using all those, and people would have pictures with like the Cubs and stuff like that, and you know, having worked in the animal world and kind of with can hunting and lions specifically being bred to be hunted, like it's so nice to be able to see like people realizing now the ramifications of that cub petting experience you're a part of cool yeah you get to hang on to a cub but like most people didn't know the ramifications so they had it posted on their social medias on their dating tinder photos you know everywhere and now people i'm so glad that people feel ashamed that they did that now because it's like oh yeah what you were doing was not a good thing just and you were trying to get those photos for like social media clout Mm -hmm. when really you were hurting these animals so like that's one of the best things i've seen come from this is just people realizing that cub petting is such a horrible practice right it was kind of it, it turned into a real quick um uh, like uh, social, what was the, what's the term? Um, court of public opinion, where it's like, okay, it's decided. Like you can see, like if you're because of Tiger King, it's become like, okay, now everybody knows. Don't like handle fucking cubs like that. It's not cool. And so if you see it, if you see celebrities on Instagram now doing that, they're definitely going to get shamed. Oh, definitely. It's 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 been funny to just see people deleting photos and it's like, all right, all right. Right. Like any big cat stuff. They're like anything other than like, hey, you're over there. Cool. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. And then, Ryan, I want to ask you about kind of the wrap the story up on OJ <laughs> being the one who kind of uh, tried to bring morality to the story. What are your thoughts on OJ? Just <laughs> openly talking about this he's been very vocal on twitter i don't know why he thinks he has this free pass i still think he murdered a lot of people or well at least his wife and uh ron goldman yeah uh, right that's the guy's name so uh the 2020s <laughs> they're, they're a weird time uh with oj thinking he can just come out here and uh accuse other people of murder it's pretty weird Pretty weird time. Yeah, I, I don't think he is the voice of the people. But <laughs> everybody has the right to their own opinion. And he no. got his day in court, I guess. It's so weird. Here, here we are, 2020 OJ sharing his opinion on murders. One of those things, what to expect during a fucking pandemic, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I would like to welcome to the show for his third appearance, Ryan Beal. You can listen to Ryan's previous two episodes, Wedding Stress and Dolphin Sex, listed under episode 11 and episode 1, respectively. Ryan, welcome back to the show. What number is this one, do you know? Uh, 36. Oh, okay. I was hoping, like, it was 111. I was hoping to go over, like, 21 or another one or we something. Didn't, okay. We didn't keep it going. <laughs> Uh, no, it's good to be back. <laughs> uh, Ryan, you're a snack guy. We discussed in detail a show people have been binging and can snack out to. What are the quarantine snacks, the snacks people should be hoarding? Um, I've been, like, I think I mentioned this on uh, the last uh, last one, is the regular Oreos. The non-double stuffed, it, I, I got away from it, and then I made it loop back, and I'm back in, like, just the regular standard Oreo. I did get the tiramisu oreo pretty pretty delicious but it's a it's a strong flavor so i i definitely have been loving my oreos probably too much just a side snack otherwise i've been actually cooking like because i can't order out so much i've been trying to be thrifty still and so i, I cook way more and so i've been i made uh, some fried chicken or not fried chicken uh some barbecue wings sorry yeah so i just like threw some barbecue barbecue wings in the oven i've been missing 
hot wings so much. And so I was like, okay, I need to like make these and like learn how to make them well. So I did that. I did fried shrimp the other day. I cook so much more because I just have so much more time. But that's that's probably what I spend most of my money on is I, I like just go crazy at the grocery store and I just buy so much food right now. Like with or I want to ask I want to ask you about Oreos. So as an Oreo connoisseur, have you noticed that the regular Oreo is slowly getting less and less cream? Right now, the double mm-hmm. stuff seems like it was the original when the original came out. Really? I don't know. I, I they, they, they feel the same. I guess I <laughs> haven't noticed that. I do think that the double stuffed is, I, I, I think it's just too much. It's just too much of the cream for me. Are you, so you're more of a cookie guy than a cream um, guy? No, no, I like the cream plenty, but it just has to be the right proportion. You know, it just like the double stuff is delicious. You know, I can't say the double stuff isn't delicious. It's just too much cream for a standard cookie. If I want to have like a few Oreos, I'm going to go with the regular. If I have a few double stuffed, I'm not going to feel good. Maybe it's the older I get. If I if, if this was the younger me saying this, I think I'd probably be pretty upset. I, I was usually pretty indulgent as a younger uh, in my younger years, uh, but I've grown to uh, enjoy the proportions. You know, it's the the cookie to cream ratio in the regular cookie Oreo is just better. It's all about balance. You need the right amount of uh, chocolate chips in the chocolate chip cookie. You know, it's the same same concept, I guess. <laughs> so we got the sweet snack. What is the salty snack? Well, I'm I'm always a fan of chips, so I've gone through a ton of like that, just like barbecue and the sour cream and cheddar ruffles like any ridge, I guess, chip. I've done a lot of those during quarantine, but I found um, taco seasoned Cheez-Its and those, and, and they're that they're like the ridgy kind. I don't know what it is about textured baked <laughs> uh, bread and chips. I feel like you get, with the ridges, you get more flavor yeah, yeah, right? in the it, ridges. It, like it coats it in there, you know? Every bag of chips has that one chip that is just like coated in the, in the dust. And with the ridges... I think there's more of those chips. It spreads out a little bit more. Maybe maybe the proportions are better. Back to proportions, the chips are bad. Those those uh, those I have to watch out for because I can I can just go through a bag so fast. <laughs> well, that's like nachos, nach or not nachos. Salsa and chips is like my go to snack. But if I get if I start eating salsa, I'm eating the whole freaking jar, oh, and man. the next day my body is just a wasteland of disgustingness. So I have to, I have to, oh, I have to geez, be very yeah. careful yep. with the salsa. salsa. Is a rough one. I, I've gone through a few jars, definitely. Uh, listeners, if you are interested in connecting with Ryan, you can do so by following him on Instagram at Beal the Rhythm. Once again, that's at Beal the Rhythm on Instagram. Or if you fall in love with him so much, so damn much you can't stand it, uh, you can leave a donation in his name at Please your local wildlife center. And finally, before moving on, Ryan, we need an update on the personal elevator pitch. In Dolphin Sex, you described it as, I'm flying, I'm lighting shit up, and I'm loving every minute of it. In Wedding Stress, it became, I'm spending a lot of time emailing, phone calling, climbing up mountains, but still loving most minutes of it. Now to your third episode of the podcast, what is the Ryan Beal elevator pitch? Stay safe, stay inside. And stay creative, you know, get, try new, try new, uh, artistic endeavors. If, if you didn't think you're good at it, try Love again, it. <laughs> you know? All right, Ryan, you ready to move on to our second news story of this episode? Uh, yeah, definitely. Uh, this one, 
This is the one that me and my roommate discuss uh, at great detail. This is, I, or at least I believe so. Yeah. I hope this is the right one. So this was the Hollywood Reporter. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah. Okay, Warner Bros. signs deal for AI-driven film management system. As of January 2020, Warner Bros., a massive media and entertainment conglomerate, for those who don't know, has become the latest studio to publicly embrace artificial intelligence by signing a deal with Sinaltech to use AI-driven project management systems to guide decision-making at the Greenlight stage. Founded in 2016, Sinaltech is an integrated online platform that can assess the value of a movie star in any territory and is able to project how much a film is expected to make in theaters and on popular streaming services. Other clients include Ingenious Media, Productive Media, and STX. The platform is not necessarily designed to predict a billion-dollar surprise, but instead reduce the amount of time executives spend on low-value repetitive tasks by giving them better dollar parameters for packaging, marketing, and distribution decisions including release dates. Tobias Kieser, founder of Sinaltech, states, The system can calculate in seconds what used to take days to assess by a human when it comes to general film package evaluation or a star's worth. Hollywood, built on gut instinct, has been slow to use AI and algorithms for more menial tasks like script breakdowns because it could take away jobs and make humans obsolete. On those fears, Kuiser states, Artificial intelligence sounds scary, but right now, an AI cannot make any creative decisions. What it is good at is crunching numbers and breaking down huge data sets and showing patterns that would not be visible to humans. But for creative decision making, you still need experience and gut instinct. Ryan, in Dolphin Sex, we discussed AI in the food industry. Uh, with, I don't know if you remember the burger flipping robots. Now we're here to discuss AI in the film industry. Do you agree or disagree that a platform such as Sinaltech can be a service to the industry without disrupting human workers' employment? Yeah, I would think so. It's really just a tool to give you more information about the people, right? Like uh, it's collecting data and... Um, <laughs> it's collecting data and figuring out what people like, getting a broad spectrum of what people like. So it's it, I, it's hard to say that it won't be a still a person deciding and making decisions on these things, but it's good to have as much information about the people you're trying to sell to. Hopefully it doesn't downgrade the art, but I still think that uh, when it's all said and done, and until the algorithm or the AI starts making the choices and like says that this is what you're going for, then why not get as much research as you can, get as much information as you can? Well, that's what I was thinking. Like I was reading the comments on this and people are being so negative, but it's like at the moment right now, I'm preparing to pitch the podcast to bigger networks to make this a full-time gig. And a part of that pitch is like getting all of this data together on every single element of the podcasting industry I can get together. It takes up so much time. So to be able to have a program that would make that effortless at the end of the day, like the human's going to have to make that final decision. Like the founder says, like we can't change the creative process, but we can help the data side of it. Yeah, I totally support of this as long as it's, you know, regulated to a good amount where it doesn't become the decision making process. But rather just a tool to help in the decision-making process. Exactly, yeah. Like the way we were, I, I kind of figure it is is seeing like a, a group of executives versus a computer, a group of executives making these decisions and saying, okay, we're going to go with this uh, because it, it'll go, it'll uh, make this a little bit more family friendly and we can get more viewers, make it a little bit more PG, like telling a director to cut a scene or uh, change something because we need to make it PG 13 instead of R. Like that's, that's not going to go away. But if you have 
algorithm that's telling you different data and saying, okay, a group of people like this and this and this, and this is over time, this has told us this is what's going to sell a good, uh, like a, this type of movie, you know, depending on how much information you can put into it, that can't hurt the final decision. So you're still going to have a, a, a human reaction, a human a gut uh, instinct to be like, okay, we're going to go with this. And this data says this. So let's just try this out. Yeah, I, I think it's I think it's a positive thing. <laughs> no, I think you had like a very good point. One of the things I did want to ask you about, like, when these AI are collecting data, and this is something I've co- actually contacted Sinaltech about, and you know if they end up do responding, I'll include it in a later portion of this episode. Uh, but Ryan, I kind of want to ask your thoughts. You know, specifically in the entertainment industry, women and people of color have been disproportionately recognized since Hollywood's birth. Like what I said, like AI takes all this data, so they're taking all this data from when women and people of color were not getting their dues worth. Should there be a concern? for women and people of color that the trend that this trend will continue because this AI is taking potentially old data. Oh, uh, yeah. If, if that's the if that's the case, if it's taking old data and then just perpetuating a system that's already been in place, then that's not good. Hopefully it would take. Uh, I don't know. I think I feel like it would it would follow the newer trends of people. Depends on how often it would update its data. Like, is it just going off of old data or is it going off of like consistent like surveys and quizzes, just testing it, just getting the data that people are mining off these social medias? Like, I feel like it would it would update, and there seems to be a trend in more female led stories. I know there's still a lot more to go, like a lot further strides to go, but I'm not really one to say. Well, that's like one of those like pros and cons. I was trying to figure out. It's like, all right, so like this this platform it will say like let's say the rock and they're like oh the rock makes this much money if he is the top billed actor in a movie the rock makes fun movies they're not the greatest movies but like i was thinking there's like a a reference to um john favreau just finding robert downey jr and pulling him from the depths of horrible burger king sandwiches i that's where i would find the problem is like those people that they're maybe bad or on a bad luck streak or something like that but they're still have a lot of worth but this platform would say someone like robert downey jr when he was in that lower stage of his life wouldn't get recognized and we may never have had robert downey jr as we know him today that was like the one big con that i was thinking about was like oh a lot of people could go under the radar because executives are trusting this ai technology to find stars that are basically already yeah. stars i guess yeah is it discovering people before anybody else can and then ryan i don't know if you want to get your roommate on this but uh i want to ask should hollywood remain a gut instinct business or should it embrace these algorithms uh so i think that it's it it will it should embrace the algorithms for sure that it should just take the research for what it is um as a broad spectrum of the world i guess the downside is that it could put you into a bubble like that's that's probably his side is that it is only going to deliver what it thinks you want and not necessarily everything that you're going to miss out on more things because it's only going to give you things that it thinks you want giving you making it a a bubble and just not allowing you to take in any new art or even allowing new art to be created and it be explored to be kind of uh, taken to another level. There's the downside of this this algorithm if it, if it works too well and it only gives you the things or if somebody says, hey, this is what we want you to see. So you're only going to get this. But and when it comes to a gut feeling, I feel like 
there's always going to be a person who makes that final decision. So I think the algorithm would just be more research for that, that person. But a lot of gut feelings come uh, with like emotions. So uh, you're going to have people who, especially if it's like a group of executives, I try to think about the Joel Schumacher Batmans. That one felt like- Was that the nipple of, Batman? Yeah, yeah, that's the nipple and like okay. the bat visa, the, the close-up butt shots and stuff. I, I love the freeze puns, but they do feel like they were just like, hey, we just need a shit ton of freeze puns because those, those are gold. We're just going to go with those constantly. <laughs> and it just feels like that movie, those movies especially, uh, were made by a group of people in a room who are just like- Okay, well, we went with this this time. Uh, since uh, you, we didn't go with your idea last time, we'll go with it this time. Uh, but yeah, this one works. Oh, a lot of people say this one's funny. Oh, yeah, that looks good. And, you know, Visa's going to really like this. And it's just uh, there's too much when it comes to a group of people that could really mess up a movie or <laughs> mess up a project, uh, a lot of art. They try to make it as a great for everybody, but it's like, well, it's just eight people in a room or whatever thinking what they think would be good for everybody. And so... That's why that's why I feel like I'm more in favor for the algorithm where it's like, no, those people should use that broader spectrum and then maybe they can come up with something better. I thought you brought up a good point. It's like gut instinct. Like we're we see it a lot more now than ever, I feel like. But there's so much like studio meddling that potentially ruins a project. Like, I mean, we're both big comic book movie fans like Justice League was just a mess because the executives were right, in exactly. the creative process every single second. They were doing something they thought would work, but... In the end, it obviously didn't. Right? Yeah, they're like, "No, you need, need we need more of those bug guys. Get those bug guys <laughs> everywhere." And it's uh, it, it's tough, especially with the DC projects. I want them to be so much better. And it's and it's hard to compare to those Marvel projects. It's because that's what's going to happen to all DC projects from now on. Is they're going to be compared to Marvel projects, and they're they're trying to be different and. I just want them to be as good. <laughs> well, that's like the thing where like an AI platform might be able to say comic book movies sell. I mean, most comic book movies make well almost a billion dollars. But then you have movies like, you know, DC's speaking of DC, DC's Joker, who makes over a billion dollars. So maybe this AI platform is like, oh, comic book movies do work, but also standalone creative pieces work as well and can be a little more under budget so maybe this will help like studio executives especially for you know specifically for dc as we're talking about kind of push more towards just making um separately connected or separate movies that aren't connected to this bigger you know movie universe because everyone wants to do this movie universe now right we're not doing just individual projects so maybe this platform would say to warner brothers hey, you made a, over a billion dollars on Joker. You know, look at, like, you barely spent any money to make the actual movie. It was nominated for Best Picture. Maybe, you know, our algorithm and the data is showing that you guys should focus more on these individual products by talented filmmakers instead of trying to build this universe. So maybe it is would be a good thing for, like, a new era of superhero movies. Yeah. I mean, I, I think if you stray away from what's become the norm, which is these universe movies, I think those will do better just because people are ready for something different. I like I liked all the Marvel movies, but uh, going through another, like, <laughs> what was it, like 10 years of another universe would be hard. I would love, I, I want to see more of these side stories, and especially when it comes to the superhero movies. I think the standalone movies, like Logan, that was such a good, like, it, it's like a, it was kind of a, 
end of the Wolverine story, but it definitely felt more like a standalone superhero movie that just rocked. So I think more of those, if the algorithm can uh, tell the studios <laughs> to do more of those, if there's a shift in that, that would be, I think those would be the way to go. Yeah. Like this algorithm is using like social media data. And like you said, I think people are getting like this superhero fatigue. So hopefully it's like picking up all of this data from social media and saying, hey, people are getting tired of these universes because that's right. You have to watch every single freaking movie or else if you don't, you're missing like half of the story. I don't have, I mean, now I have the time to watch all those movies, but in my regular life when we're not in the middle of a pandemic, I don't always have time to go see, you know, 14 movies a month just to keep up with the story. Line. Yeah. These, these streaming services are going to like, they're incredible right now. Like if you, if you've made a streaming movie in the last year and they're coming out right now like now is the time to come out with any streaming show it's going to be huge like people are going to watch the hell out of anything streaming right now well i don't know if you um saw it ryan but i think trolls world tour made a shit ton of money only on streaming services it made more money than the original trolls made in a theater release i feel like that is we're gonna see like the changing of the guard when it comes to you know releasing movies in movie theaters to releasing movies on streaming services because if trolls world tour can make it might have been a billion dollars i i don't know i'll have to double check that but they made a significant amount of money because they were charging i think 20 bucks um to rent the movie for 48 hours maybe and i could understand like as a parent instead of paying for like you know five ten dollar movie tickets probably even more expensive on the coast boom i can pay 20 bucks i can be in the comfort of my own home you know i can bring my own food i could literally see trolls world tour bringing down the end of movie theaters right. well and like yeah exactly i it's gonna be weird i don't think i'm gonna want to go back to a movie theater very quickly at, like until there's a vaccine or something uh until they have come up with some kind of plan uh, it sounds like a lot of movie theaters are doing uh spaced out seating checkered seating so like every or every two chairs in between people is sold oh, okay. uh, and most theaters at least most of the theaters that i go to now are are the like assigned seating with where it has like the reclined seat seats i don't know where's where's the theater that doesn't offer that anymore at least a good one the reserve seating yeah we i hate reserve seating oh man woodbury 10 baby the number one theater yeah. in america uh, it's uh so uh so i i think that's the next plan but i'm still not i'm not eager to get back into a theater yeah if you're coming out with the streaming service right now you're gonna crush it i would like to see a slowdown in the superhero movie but keep the action movie and i want to see more like movies like bring back movies like lethal weapon i i got really into the lethal weapon franchise over the last couple weeks and i think movies like that and like bad boys and just like the 90s and 80s and 90s action movies i want to see more of those have you watched extraction yet i have not no that's that's a pretty sweet new action movie i definitely get what you're saying like john wick is like the typical action movie for like our generation and to me like it just seems too violent i just need some cheesy right, action yeah. i definitely want like another a buddy cop but like dramatic and uh and uh goofy and and very action-packed the nice guys ryan have you seen the nice guys ryan gosling uh, the Russell nice Crow. guys just it doesn't hold it together it's 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 oh, too gosh. too much you know they it's go, one of they my go top too 25. hard to it like <laughs> literally the first scene 
the girl flies out of the car and is laying on the ground with her shirt perfectly cut open. So her boobs are just hanging out and like nothing. Her torso is not bruised or cut up at all, but the rest of her is like covered in blood. <laughs> She's like, an erotic movie star. Of course, of course it has of to be. Of course her top conveniently comes out and she's laying directly on the ground in the middle of the night, but the light is shining perfectly on her torso. All right, Ryan, are you ready to move on to our last story? We talked about Tiger King. We talked about movies. Now it's time to get into video games. All right. This is from PC Games News. EA, they're not loot boxes. They're surprise mechanics, and they're quite ethical. In an oral evidence session with the UK Parliament's Digital Culture, Media, and Sports Committee, Carrie Hopkins, VP of Legal and Government Affairs at the video game company EA, insisted that their products with randomized purchases are not loot boxes, but instead surprise mechanics. Uh, For those who don't know, in video games, loot boxes are consumable virtual items which can be bought with real currency and redeemed to receive a randomized selection of further vital items that may improve gameplay for the player, whether that be through customization options for a player's character, game-changing weapons and armor, or in the case of EA, unlockable characters. Uh, In 2018, EA came under fire for locking characters such as Darth Vader behind a paywall on the release of their Star Wars Battlefront 2, which resulted in the response to a player voicing their frustrations on Reddit to receive over 600,000 downvotes, the most downvoted comment of all time by far. Hopkins continued comparing EA's surprise mechanics to such things as Kinder Eggs, Hatchimals, or LOL Surprise, and stated... We do think the way that we have implemented these kinds of mechanics, and FIFA, of course, is a big one, our FIFA Ultimate Team and our packs, is actually quite ethical and quite fun, quite enjoyable to people. Uh, Hopkins is referring to FIFA Ultimate Team packs, where a player can purchase with real-world currency once again different levels of packs in hope of receiving star players or kits. Uh, it's all randomized. Prior to the session that occurred in joint, uh, this session that we're talking about occurred in June of 2019, the UK government had taken up an investigation on gaming related to not only loot boxes, but also everything from game addiction and gambling addiction to the ways the government can support the VR industry. In various countries, loot boxes are now actually regulated under national gambling laws. EA has since implemented an update to their surprise mechanics associated with Star Wars Battlefront 2 and have instead implemented milestone markers to unlock different characters aspects. Uh, Ryan, in your own opinion, how have loot boxes changed the landscape of video games? Uh, it's just, it's another way for them to get another buck out of us. It seems like, or like I, I, I like to think of it as like they, they tried to sell us a hamburger, but they only gave us the meat. And if you want the pickles and the bun and the ketchup, then you better get ready to fork up some money like they they sell it as a full cheeseburger but then when you actually buy the game like you spend the 60 dollars on this game um and if you download it you don't even actually own that game it's just uh like it's it's just like a copy that you're renting you get just like shorted and of course like yeah i I, like i when i play star wars i want to be darth vader like that's that's the that's why i got star wars is so i can be like the baddest dude in the universe is fucking darth vader and you're making me pay even more for it it doesn't make any sense why why do i have to have these these loot boxes and it's like you have to get so many gems to unlock it or like some of these other like phone games where you have to it's either you play for like two years and then you can unlock the castle but otherwise if you don't have that castle you can't play the game like at all like where they literally make it impossible to play this game without these things it's terrible i just sell me the whole game i i like having the actual hard copy of it too 
I miss having like hard copy, but I understand the convenience of the, the quick download. Like I'll just quick download this game and be like, okay, let's start rocking. But having the hard copy and being able to sell that later is is nice to have, but that's kind of going away. Yeah, I'm definitely like, I definitely agree with you. I love the burger analogy. I'm like very against loot boxes, especially like if I'm paying 60 to $80 for a game, I expect the whole game to be there. I don't expect 30% of the game to be there. I do I do kind of understand to kind of play devil's advocate here. I do understand when like free to play as you mentioned like mobile games have loot boxes. Mm-hmm. I, I I it's very it's very uh predatory. It definitely is, but I do understand like that's how they make their money. So I definitely understand that, but yeah, like as you said, I shouldn't have to pay in a free game to be able to get past this level. Cuz yeah, like a lot of the time those games like class of clans or something like you can only go so far playing it for free it's like make two different versions like you can make a free version that okay this is at least like for the completionist you know who like who just like want to complete a game only complete it to a certain level you can only get to like level five but if you buy it you got like you can go to like level 20 for the for at least the like the the free games if you've already if you didn't pay anything <laughs> then and then pay a little bit more to pay more levels that's fair but when it comes to like the the battlefront you have to buy like the pre, you have to pre-order it like so i have to give you my money before you even make the product you haven't made this product i don't know if i like it at all you've only shown me little clips of a video i'm hoping it's good so i'm about to give you 60 dollars a few months ahead of time so i can get content that is only available if i do this and so i've pre-ordered you have my money already and then i finally get the game and then i find out oh you have to buy more loot boxes and oh you should have bought it from gamestop or a certain store to get more things and it's just like so i like i my i'm an rpg completionist like i like the big open maps where i explore stuff and i find everything and to find out that i i can't do that because I didn't act fast enough, uh, and like I and like you can maybe try and get it, but it's going to cost about as much as the game. And there's also another version of the same game that is a hundred dollars and is like the fo- complete full version. And it's just like, oh my god, there's no way. Like you, you have to spend so much on this one little game to try and get it all the way complete, and it's just very discouraging. <laughs> I like, I like that you brought up like different stores, like Walmart, Best Buy, Target. They'll each have like a different version, and it's like, come on, right. man. And like I, I get the, that you need, I get that you need to like promote it to try and sell it like it's a sales tactic but when it comes to excluding part of the game because you didn't buy it from this location it's like well that stinks man i I, yeah i remember when um before like you talked about like pre-orders like i think we put so much trust into these companies to make a good game for red dead redemption like i bought the um ultimate steel book edition because i love that game man i even put on a cowboy hat and i just have a good time but i remember like i was like you know what i'm willing to give Rockstar a hundred plus dollars because I trust the product they make. And you know what? It ended up living up to it. The sa- and you know, the same thing with like EA. I remember growing up PS2 playing EA sports games and it was like, ah, this was the game to play. Everyone was playing it. So I think there's like this trust with these companies that, hey, if I give you your money, you're going to give me a full product. And then we have situations like, I think it was like Destiny where on launch, it was just a complete mess. And like, if I pay this entire amount for a game, I should be getting the entire game. Like I'm willing to pay more 
for the entire game, I don't want to have to pay less for the game and then end up having to pay way more to get everything else. Exactly, you know, especially yeah. for like loot boxes where it comes down to, you know, as they say, it's a gamble. You know, in Star Wars Battlefront 2, you might get enough, you know, things to get a loot box, but you have no idea if Darth Vader is going to be unlockable in that loot box. Exactly right. Yeah, you're just you're just like, okay, now I just get more of these gems or whatever the credits like I get. Okay, great. More credits. Another another card. Another like another battle card. Great. And it's, it's like, why can't like the characters give me the characters? I like the loot boxes aren't bad as long as it's not like really great things. Yeah, just let me like straight up buy Darth Vader. I don't want to have to like gamble that I might be able to get him. Right. It it shouldn't be a circus to get to the like the biggest character in the game. And then I mean we kind of touched on it a bit, but like is this pay to win business model ruining the online gaming experience? Like you have people like spending hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of dollars thousands of dollars to make their character ten times better than yours, and then you kind of just get nerfed on the online experience. I mean that's the way it goes. That's capitalism. If you can pay to make your you, yourself better, even in the virtual world, you're gonna you're gonna be the best. I feel like that's that's just the way it is. I don't know if there's another way to do it. You can't you can't sell somebody that because they can afford something. You can't you can't take it away. I think that option, like you said, I mean that's just capitalism, man. If people can make money, they're gonna do it. If yeah, people exactly. have money, they're gonna spend it to get better. If, if you can offer somebody a virtual sword that only you can have that somehow cuts down everybody and whatever. Like as many of the listeners know, I've been on a Skyrim binge of late and like I've bought things on the Skyrim community page. This is where I stand. Like, you know, I don't get people who spend all this money to try to be better than everyone. Like if I'm going to spend extra extra money on a game i wanted to be to improve the gameplay experience like for skyrim i bought like the survival pack so i can like really be a survival and i have to sleep and actually eat and all that stuff that's improving the gameplay experience for me but i feel like if i went online and bought this gun that one shot at people every time i'd be like that doesn't that's not fun for me. Right, yeah. I, I definitely think uh, like things should be unlocked through skill. Uh, you should do something cool like, oh, you took down this many people or or did some kind of shot or whatever. You know, um, they kind of have those things in Red Dead where it's like a challenge where you can unlock a new uh, new clothing item after, after taking down so many cougars or whatever, you know. So I think it should definitely be more, especially for the online thing where it's just like, okay, you've done something cool. Now you've unlocked this instead of just here you go because you had a hundred dollars to spend on this virtual item i feel like like the original call of duties did it so well the leveling up and getting the guns and prestiging that was like the pinnacle of my at least maybe it's just nostalgic but that was like the pinnacle of my online playing experience i think it just took time for them to figure out how to make money off of all of it you know they they saw they saw the opportunity and then they're like oh wait this we just take this away and then we change this and so yeah i definitely i definitely get it from like a business standpoint it's like these companies at the end of the day yes they have to make money but this is what i want to ask you actually ryan so ea has been a frequent visitor on usa today's most hated companies in the u.s list they have a wikipedia page literally dedicated to criticism but in the fiscal year of 2019 they had a revenue of 4.95 billion. Ryan, I officially just stated you the president of EA. How do you turn the ship around or does the 1.7 billion in revenue increase from 2015 to 2019 mean you don't have to? It's it's hard to say that um it's hard for them to probably be motivated to turn the ship around when you're making that kind of money and 
if they come out with a Battlefront 3, I'm probably going to try it out. Even if it sucks, I'll probably <laughs> figure out a way to play it and like I'll, I'll buy it I mean, most likely or, or, or wait for it to go get as cheap as possible. Hopefully it gets really bad reviews and then I'll play it right away, I guess. I don't know. Uh, but I'll, I'll, I'll jump on those EA games because they, they're still really fun. Like when even <laughs> once you get Darth Vader, you know, and uh, it seems like they, they did try to turn it around after the, all the backlash of Battlefront because when I play now, like I, I, I have all the characters available. So, and I don't remember doing any loot crates or anything. So I think they did like do put out like an update or something on the game to make more characters available. So hopefully they're following It sounds like they're kind of like going into some kind of fan service and, and listening to what people are saying. So, but yeah, they, the giving you only part of the game is really makes it just not as exciting. And I think if you do that too much, eventually people are going to turn away. It, it just takes another person to be like, okay, let me try and make this game better. So hopefully I just want rockstar to make <laughs> more and more uh, games, make, make, uh, I want like, when you're playing Red Dead, it just feels like you're a cowboy in that situation. I want more of those. Like, just put me as a as a character in a situation and open up the world. Take me to feudal Japan and make me a samurai. That would be the way to go. Hey, man, I, it sounds like Ubisoft might be coming out with the samurai uh, Assassin's Creed. So, um... Oh, I've been waiting for it. They talk... I love Assassin's Creed. That's like my, my favorite franchise. I've played every single one of them. And I, they talk about it in like the background of the game a lot where they, they're like, oh, this character in Japan did this you know like another they talk about other assassins in japan and i'm like make me a samurai when i think it's also like specifically ubisoft what they used to do is like they used to release a nea does this i guess with all their uh sports games like they release the same a game every year right and it's pretty much like specifically speaking to ea sports games it's pretty much the same exact game with the roster update and i feel like it's it sounds so stupid but they're still making money fifa is still the number speaking of soccer fifa is still the number one selling game in the world people are still buying this game so yeah it's like you said like why would they change i'll play another assassin creed as soon as it comes out as soon as it comes out i'm playing another one and i and like i agree that it's 100 percent. it's been the same game over and over again uh with minor tweaks in like the the controller and and like little parts of the gameplay but the story is so good i i think it's their storyline and like sports games are never gonna go away i you'll never find i could always just dive into a, a quick round of madden and and just like okay well i just have a few minutes i'm gonna play a few uh play like one quick game real quick so those, those are sticking around would you think there's like elements of an addiction in there like people are so addicted to this idea of having the newest game that they can't look past these like flaws and they're not you know obviously with ea people called out star wars battlefront 2 we had over six hundred thousand downvotes on reddit at the end of the day you know obviously it's about the purchasing power controls what creators are making but if we keep buying these games because we're made i don't know i'll, I'll put quotations on that addicted to the newest thing these companies like ea are just going to keep doing the same thing do you think there's like an element of addiction with people not really caring too much you can't you can't put too much stock in what these games provide to you you know like it's it's when it's when it's all said and done it's just a very advanced board game it's a really really detailed monopoly you know you're 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 just playing really hardcore monopoly. so it's just it's just a world you could dive into but to to think that these companies owe us anything it's a little hard to say like they're there it's it, it's kind of people just making their own art and if you don't like the art that sucks there's a lot other there's a lot of other games out there for you 
I, I don't like the idea of them taking too much fan service and, and like he, taking what everybody says and saying, okay, well then we're going to change it for you because you don't like it. And it's like, okay, well, yeah, the loot crates are annoying, but there's other games. And if that game, if I, if I can't be Darth Vader, then I'll be somebody else until this game gets boring and I'll try a different one. To take it too hard, too hard is pretty rough. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, even like connecting it back to that previous story, it's like it comes down to like, a combination of these gut instincts and following the algorithms and what are people playing? If people are still playing Star Wars Battlefront 2, of course they're going to keep making them. Like there's not going to be too much of a change. They're going to do those little tweaks here and there to kind of do some fan service, but overall they're going to follow the money. Exactly. Yeah. And just like, oh, it, it really comes down to one guy is like, hey, I just think this look is, is, is cooler. You know, this is the way to go. This is how it's Yeah. Look. And just because we don't like it doesn't mean the millions and billions of other people out there don't like it. All right, Ryan, I want to thank you for taking the time to share your perspective about some of the strangest and most interesting news stories the world has to offer in a fun and meaningful discussion. Once again, listeners, if you want to check out more of Ryan, you can do so by following at Beal the Rhythm on Instagram. One more time, that's at Beal the Rhythm on Instagram. Uh, Ryan, you, you haven't posted on Reddit or you haven't posted on Instagram in a while. I think you posted like a nature photo, but what can listeners expect if they do check out your Instagram? Oh, uh, probably a lot of nature, I guess, coming up with the summer coming here now. So I do a lot of uh, um, a lot of bike rides, hikes, and uh, skateboarding. I'm, I do the longboard a lot now. I'll try to post more, but it's it's fair and far between. Are we going to see some of your crochet projects on there? Maybe. I guess I should. I'm trying to make like I've made so much now, but they're they're like very uh, flawed. <laughs> they're they're, <laughs> they're kind of cool. This solid hat. I've made a few. I think I'm just going to stock up, and like if this pandemic gets worse and it turns into a full on apocalypse, that'll be my thing that I sell on the street out of like a out of my torn up. Uh, Jeep. (laughs) (laughs) All right, who needs crochet hat? It's going to get cold here in this nuclear winter. Uh, Thank you to all my listeners for listening to another episode of Water Cooler Talk, the only such podcast on the internet hosted by myself and guest hosted by and guest hosted today by Ryan for a third time, where we take the strangest and most interesting real-life news stories from around the world and just try and have a good old conversation about some of the ideas discussed in those bizarre news stories. Once again, if you'd like to reach out to the show with a strange local news story, or if you just want to share some of your own comments, you can do so at watercoolertalkpod at gmail.com. Ryan, you've been here before. The guest closes out the show. Ryan, the floor is yours. Well, it's been fun, Adam. Thank you for having me on. Uh, it's a good conversation. A lot of tech talk. I love it. I can talk about all the video games I've been playing way too much. Just, uh, <laughs> quarantine times. It's weird. But everybody stay safe and um, keep listening to podcasts. I think a lot of people stopped listening to podcasts recently and no, get back into it. Listen to them all. I mean, listen to this one if you want. I guess you're at the end of this episode. So you did listen to this one. So keep listening, I guess. All right, Ryan. Thanks for being on the show. And we will, uh, listeners, we'll see you. We'll see you when you see you. I guess we won't see you, but you'll be listening to me. So, until then, peace! This is the story of a podcast that takes weird news from across the world. And while many of these stories may seem fake, they're absolutely not. Because they're real. Woo! What a time, what a guest. 
What an episode, switching it up a bit there. Uh, Thank you to Ryan for jumping in on a remote interview to talk about those stories. Make sure to support Ryan by following the links associated with the show, including learning more about the charity he supports. Through the next few episodes, we'll discuss in more depth about water cooler talk and how we're giving back and how you can be a part of that process. To basically sum it up as quickly as I can, the plan is to have each guest share a charity they support and water cooler talk will make a donation in their name. But more information on that will follow. So to the corrections. In the first story in which we dived into the conspiracy surrounding Tiger King, Carol Baskin's current husband is Howard Baskin, who is a retired management consultant, who is now on the board for Carol's Big Cat Rescue. The two musicians who are behind the weirdly popular Joe Exotic songs are Vince Johnson and Danny Clinton. Apparently, Joe Exotic convinced them to make the songs for free in return for exposure on his now defunct reality show. So, among being indicted for a murder for hire, cub breeding, and a host of other charges, Joe Exotic is also a choosy beggar. And yes, in case you need to get rid of a body and a few tigers lying around, the acid in a tiger's stomach is able to digest uncooked bones. Cooked bones, different story, but I don't know how you would get to that point when trying to get rid of a body. Are you cooking the body? I don't, I'm not going to ask. Um, and speaking of that, and speaking of that, to avoid any legal ramifications myself, Adam Schultz and Water Cooler Talk Podcast do not recommend murdering and feeding a dead human body to a tiger. And the final correction from our first story, the man in Ohio who released the animals of his exotic farm before killing himself was Terry Thompson. Terry released 56 of his lions, tigers, leopards, cougars, wolves, and bears, oh my. And the first reported call of those loose animals was on October 19th, 2011 at 530 AM. In our second story about AI versus Hollywood's gut instinct, I mentioned Trolls World Tour making a boatload of moolah. They didn't exactly make a billion boatloads, they instead made 100 million in the first few weeks of release. That is why it's always important to fact check people. A billion and a hundred million are very, very different. And then finally, from our third story discussing loot boxes and the video game industry. Ryan and I discussed Assassin's Creed and a potential feudal Japan-inspired storyline being in the works. Uh, That may very well be the case, but literally the day after we recorded this episode, Assassin's Creed released the concept and trailer for their new game, Assassin's Creed Valhalla. Vikings, not samurai. And the final correction of this episode, or more just a little add-on information, FIFA is the best-selling video game in the world. In 2018, EA received a Guinness World Record for that accomplishment. All right, all right, all right, water coolings. That's another Corrections Corner. Thank you for taking the time out of your day to listen to another episode of Water Cooler Talk. Once again, thank you to Ryan for joining us and talking about some of the strangest and most weirdest news stories the world has to offer. But as always, that's your Corrections. That's your episode. So get out of here. Just, just freaking get out of here, man. This is the story of a podcast that takes weird news from across the world. And while many of these stories may seem fake, they're absolutely not because they're real. (laughs) 